You're listening to Family Personalities, a podcast where we use personality type to help change the way you think about your family. I'm Sandra Etherington, your personality type practitioner. And I'm M. Levy, personality type enthusiast. Join us while we talk about family, relationships, and parenting, all within the context of personality type. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good chilly morning. Cold out there. Yeah, I have. I've had a, had a hard time warming up this morning. I've got a blanket over my legs. Oh, that's a good idea. So today we're going to do a "Why Do They Do That?" segment where we analyze the strange, annoying, or confusing things that we or our fam- family members do using personality type. And we have our first listener write in "Why Do They Do That?" moment. So that's exciting. If you have a "Why Do They Do That?" moment. Please write in anything that's confounding, confusing, annoying, or even sweet and kind <laughs> in your family and send us an email, familypersonalitiespod at gmail.com, and we would love to include it on the podcast, either anonymously or not, depending on your preference. But before we get into probably my favorite segment of the show, what's new in your life, M? Uh, not much is new. I am just bouncing back from like post-election recovery. So, uh, cleaning my house. And I guess I should mention to people to go listen to the bonus episode. If you haven't yet. And M tells us all about, uh, what happened in her election and, um, how she's been feeling and all that. And then we did a mock re-election for her campaign, uh, which was fun and silly. But yes, <laughs> lighthearted, which is the opposite of an election. <laughs> but yeah, so I just I got to clean out my car. It looks like a political campaign office. I mean, just like stuff like that. that I'm just trying to get caught up on like missing mm-hmm. out on the last year of stuff. Yeah. So trying to get caught up on friendships and things like that, but also just recovering and trying not to put too much on myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's only been like a week. So yeah, I know. I'm like, I should have everything <laughs> figured out by now. My house should be perfectly clean and I'm yeah. <laughs> give her, give yeah. herself a year to catch up. Yeah. It took, yeah. It took a year to fall behind. It takes a year to catch back up. That's exactly. what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. What's new with you? Oh man. Um, we are, so my husband has been not working for almost a month now. That's been a really big change in our house and kind of nice. It's, uh, I've been calling him my house husband <laughs> only behind his back. Cause I don't think he would want me to say that. Um, probably cause I wouldn't want him to call me his housewife to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been really nice. It's been like, uh, it's been just so flexible, you know, like I can do my work at any time of the day cause he's always here to, watch the kids or I can go run an errand. Uh, it's really nice, but you know, we do need to make money and he is, he does have a job lined up. So we only have a couple weeks left of this nice relaxed lifestyle, but it's been nice. It's the first time that he has been not working since we've, since we even started dating. So that's, it's been nice. It's been an interesting, different dynamic in the house, but do you think he's ready to go back to work or? Yeah. Oh, he totally is. Yeah, he's definitely itching to get back to work. I was trying to push him to take more time off because we can afford to. And I'm like, well, if we can afford to, we should just, you know, enjoy the time. But I think 
I think maybe he would enjoy having time off more if the alternative wasn't like childcare and healthcare. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. If it like wasn't a pandemic, you guys could have maybe traveled or something, but Mm -hmm. it's more like uh, homeschooling is it's free time. Yeah, that too. And I, yeah, I think he, he enjoys having his mind occupied, which I totally relate to. And it's part of why stay at home parenting was harder for me than I thought it would be. It, it's just, you know, there's it's just a certain part of the brain doesn't get accessed when you're doing that. And I think he really wants to get back to that. So I and he's looking forward to the job that he accepted. And so it's good. It'll be a it, it'll be a big change for us because he's been at this job the entire time we've been married. And now he's be doing something new and different. Well, I'm excited. I hope it's a good transition. Me too. Okay, let's get into our why do they do that segment. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? Uh, why do they do that? I have no idea. Why? I'm going to start with our listener email. So this is from an ISFJ from the Boston area. So that's introversion, sensing, feeling, judging. And she said her husband is an ESTP. So they differ on the introversion, extroversion. They differ on the thinking, feeling, and they differ on the perceiving, judging. But they both share that S. And she says she's sharing a story from early on in their relationship. So years and years ago, but that it's sort of it's sort of a theme of the type of conflicts that they tend to have together as a couple. And it's just a good story to illustrate that. I'm going to read it now. Early on in, in our relationship, we went to Seattle for a wedding. Given that I'm the planner, that's her J, right? And it was for my friend. I planned every single detail, flights, hotel, transportation, once we're there, etc. We weren't renting a car. So I asked his opinion on how he wanted to get from the airport to the hotel Taxi or public transportation? She says Uber wasn't a thing yet, but can you remember life before Uber? (laughs) (laughs) You actually had to plan those kind of things. Yeah. So he said, let's just grab a taxi. And I said it would be kind of expensive. And he said he was fine paying for it for the convenience of it. And so she left it at that. So fast forward, they arrive in Seattle. They're leaving the airport. And he asks, how are we getting to the hotel? And she says, taxi, remember? And he says, no, he doesn't remember that. And he doesn't want to pay extra if there's another cheaper way, like on a train or a bus. And then she puts in all caps, rage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which this is like, I'm I'm picturing like the J, like I had it all planned. Um, And so she says, this is early enough in her relationship, though, that she kept her irritation very hidden. And so she then she says she had to scramble in the moment to figure out the Seattle public transportation system that she knew, not, knew nothing about. And if she'd known from the beginning, she would have had the route, the route fully planned before they got there. And um, and then she says, since then, on trips, she has made sure to learn alternate routes just in case he changes his mind. And uh, and she also says that now in their relationship, she would be fine just saying, uh, F you, you agreed to this, whether you remember it or not, you're paying for a taxi. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was really funny. I, I think that there's a lot of like J versus P in here. And we're going to do J versus P in in adults and children soon. That'll be the last preference pair that we go over. But, you know, J's tend to be planners they like to know what's coming and be able to plan for it and once they've made a decision they like to stick to it and her husband as an ESTP they're much more go with the flow and 
I think what can be kind of infuriating is that they are totally comfortable changing their minds, but still being really strong about whatever it is they're saying in the moment. And so the fact that it was like, oh, no, we should totally get a taxi because that's much more convenient. And then to later be like, no, what, we can't spend money on a taxi. That's too expensive. I could see how that would be really infuriating for a J, especially the J who did all the planning and now is her, her planning is falling apart. Yeah, I could. So like I'm the P and Sean's the J. Mm-hmm. And he, but on trips, I still feel like I, I'm the primary planner, but that, that's just typically, I think what happens with women sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm like way more go with the flow, especially on trips. And Sean likes to know like everything, but I'm not as nice as our caller. I, from the very beginning, would have been <laughs> like, F you, we're getting a taxi, carry on. Like, <laughs> How comfortable are you? Like if you got somewhere and had to figure out a public transit system, are you cool? Just like figuring that out in the moment? Or do you feel like before you get there, you need to know what that's going to look like? I feel like I'm um, unrealistically confident that I could figure it out. The problem, <laughs> like, I just think, oh, I can figure out anything. Um, but uh-huh. anytime I've actually had to do that, like in Chicago specifically, twice now, I guess, I've gotten lost on their system. And their system is like very easy to figure out. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'm confident and then I just end up in an Uber. So yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff kind of overwhelms me just because I'm not very good at directions. But you don't necessarily feel like you need to have the route planned out ahead of time. You're fine just no. showing up and winging it. Oh, I can wing just about anything. Yeah. 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 For me, like I can wing it if I have to, but I would much rather like ahead of time have looked at like the different trains and the different transfers and make sure I know exactly where we need to go and all that. And so it would really frustrate me if we got somewhere and my partner changed the plans and was like, oh, isn't there public transport? And I'd be like, but I didn't, you didn't tell me you wanted to do that before. I totally would have like gone and planned it if you had told me, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought that I was more maybe like a J and like a planner until I saw like my real J planner friends plan trips. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm not like that at all. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't wait to get into J versus P with you uh, when we do that, because that's the one letter that we differ in. And then uh, there was also definitely some of her feeling side coming out in here, especially the FJ and like kind of like people pleaser, like she wanted to go along with what he wanted and please him. But that was really frustrating for her because then she had to go against like her natural way of being. Um, and so you see that come out in like her reluctance to come out and first of all, stand her ground and be like, no, this is the way we were going to do it. So let's do it. Um, but, you know, she says that later in their relationship, she was able to, she's able to do that more, which definitely happens as feelers become more comfortable with their spouses. <laughs> we, we are better at, at self-advocating. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true with any, just about anything in marriage in general. <laughs> Over time, it gets a little easier to speak your mind. Yeah. So thank you to our ISFJ from Boston for writing in. Hi, listeners. If you like what you hear on this podcast and you want to know more and be able to apply this to yourself and your family, remember, this is what I do. And I'm actually really good at it. You've probably heard me say before, the online assessments are notoriously inaccurate. The best way to pinpoint your type is by working with someone like me who is trained to take you through that process. 
And beyond that, I can help you understand the intricacies of type and how it shows up in your family and causes tension and undesired behaviors in your children that could easily be avoided with a better understanding of type and what your kids need from you. The time and investment that you put into this process will pay off tenfold as you help your kids to develop in a more balanced way. I do all my sessions on Zoom so you can work with me no matter where in the world you are. You can get this process started or ask me more questions by visiting www.familypersonalities.com and click on book an appointment. Okay, back to the episode. Remember, if you have a why did I do that moment, we really want to hear about it. And you, you don't necessarily have to know the person's personality type. It helps if you do or if you know part of it. But if you don't, that's fine, too. We can dig in on it anyway and make some guesses about what personality type preferences are making their appearance in whatever moment you have experienced with them. So do you have something for us for why do they do that, Em? Well, yeah, it's kind of like a more an overarching thing. So, you know, like Junie will, she's so focused on whatever the task is at hand. Like she's always, she wakes up and she's like, it's time for school. It's time for this. It's what, well, like the second her feet hit the ground, she is just so focused. Mm, but lately awesome. that focus has been on things. Mm, like what things? Like, so she woke up and she's like, my sticker book should be arriving from Amazon today. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> like, and they're like, okay, yeah, like, but it, it's not here. Or like, um, and then she just gets the thing. And like, normally she'd be like, oh, thank you, mommy. Or thank you, daddy. And just like, I think because I use too many brides mm. and got, because we also outfitted the house with the pod and stuff. And I'm very good at Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. I love Facebook. Marketplace. Yeah, scoring. I've been scoring a lot of great stuff lately. That the focus for some reason we've had this like shift focus to like acquisition of things, and it's about to be her birthday, Hanukkah, and Christmas. And I just feel like, oh my lord, <laughs> like, and maybe because I grew up without like in such a different environment mm-hmm. that it, I find it all quite jarring. Yeah, it's really hard to sort out. I definitely have a hard time at our house, like, sorting out how to... Well, and things are so... First of all, like, both you and I enjoy being financially privileged enough that we could get our kids what they want when they want it, right? Mm -hmm. But I always feel like I am afraid that they're not going to understand the value of money and how to be conservative with their money and save and not be wasteful and all that. Which, you know, I grew up in the beginning of my childhood, my parents were really, really tight on money. And, you know, so I grew up with that like sense of we don't have very much. And so we have to be really careful with it. However, later in my childhood, my parents started to do much better in their careers. And then we had plenty. But because at a young age, like I kind of had that instilled within me, I attribute that a lot to why I've been really good with money and like really good at saving and so I worry if my kids don't have that, are they going to just be like dropping money every, anytime they want and not know how to like save? And I don't know. And be like, do you worry about that? Yeah. Be like broke little 25 year olds. But like, yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know about you. And I guess this is like slightly off topic, but like Christmas and like holidays, like if you came from a family that like struggled, it just like drums up a lot of feelings I think Mm. 
of like how things sh- should be and just like what is excess and also wanting to create an environment that like you didn't have. I don't know, for some reason, it just brings up so much stuff for me around stuff. And then now we throw in this like wake up asking for stuff thing and it just mm, kind of triggers is, you. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I actually, it's not why does she do that? Like why, why is, why is Emerson so triggered? <laughs> Um, yeah at the holidays but yeah especially you know she's turning six and so her birthday is close to mine just as like far as you know our ages would have been around Christmas and so the the Christmas she's coming upon the Christmas when I had just turned six like we only got a puzzle Sandra, I just heard Bill Burr's rant saying how women should be supporting female athletes and not Real Housewives who just yell at each other. That's ridiculous. Real Housewives is a sport. Join us on From the Bleachers, where we analyze the strategy and gameplay that our favorite reality stars use to earn additional seasons of play and social media fame. And if you're lucky, Sandra will pull out her apology play rubric so you can all see what an easy grader I am. I'm sorry, Mandy, but if you think Monica's apology to Heather on Salt Lake City deserved anything over a 2.5, you're delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Whether we're breaking down confrontation play, relishing the bravo, bravo, bravo moments, or awarding a tardy for the party, we are the only place you'll find in-depth analysis of the plays that your favorite housewives are making on our screens. From the Bleachers, a real housewives game analysis is available everywhere podcasts live. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I know. I guess I would be interested to hear what other people think, or if this is a thing for other people too, or just you know. And it's not like I think that it should be. We sh- shouldn't have like a beautiful Christmas because that's like the opposite. It's just it just drums up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like you feel like she's not grateful for the things that she gets. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I don't know if it's like a feeling of gratitude or just wondering. Just like maybe a general question on my end of like, should we? be more resourceful. Yeah. And I think this is different to go back into personality type. Like it can be different with different kids. Like I know Riker is very, very future focused and very, he responds really well to rewards and bribes. And so I do them a lot more with him. And he is definitely like when he knows something is coming in the mail, he's like counting down the days and it's like all about that one thing. And then it gets to because I've started using it so much because it's so effective with him. And he's a J, by the way, like like your daughter is. And it gets to the point where like now he won't do anything for me unless I give him something in return. Yeah. So maybe it's more of like a J thing. And like of them both being future focused and then it just being around the mm-hmm. holidays and me getting really effing triggered because <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I try to use the same systems that I use with Riker on Ripley and they just don't work. <laughs> the, her P is just not like it's, you know, we can't do uh, charts to earn anything. It just doesn't, it's just not lasting because she can't hold that future in her head in order to make the present. She can't make her present uncomfortable for a future gratification. She wants 
that it's all about the present. And so she can't hold that in her head. Have we talked about this before? Um, I feel like I don't think we have. Okay, because I it it makes me think of that um, experiment that they did with kids where they put kids in a room with a marshmallow. Oh yeah, the marshmallow study. Like a, a, yeah, like a single marshmallow on a plate, and then and we can talk about this when we get to, get into JP later too. But um, and then they go out. They they leave the room, but before they leave, they say, "If you don't eat that marshmallow." I'll come back in with another one and you can have two marshmallows. And then they leave and like some kids there, it's like a study to figure out like what kind of kid waits and which one doesn't. I don't remember the, the details around that, but I really think of that about that with my own kids. And I, I, I should try it with them because I have this feeling Ripley would eat the marshmallow, but Riker would wait. <laughs> but on the other hand, he is more <laughs> driven than she is. So maybe she wouldn't even care about the marshmallow. Okay, so I had something that happened this morning. So I do morning learning with the kids. That's when we do our reading and writing. And for Ripley's today, there was a kind of like matching game. And so I invited Riker over to play with us. And it was like on one side, the cards, when you turn them over, had pictures on them of things. And then on the other side, the the other cards had, when you turn them over, had a letter. And so you had to match the letter to the first sound of the picture. Right. So like you turn over a watch and then you'd have to find the W and it was like a matching game, kind of like, you know, just a standard matching game where if you turn over two things that match, then you get to keep it. And first of all, I mean, Ripley has a really hard time with games. (laughs) And so she is like crying as soon as she's not winning. (laughs) And so like Riker has three matches and I only have two. Right. It was really tough for her. And I have to like, I get too coddly, right? And I just want to be like, oh, okay, you can take another turn or well, I'll help you, you know, which is probably not the best way to deal with that. But so we were playing and Riker is very competitive and he, he used to take losing very personally, but he doesn't anymore. Now he just sees it as like fun and he can get into it and um, whether he's winning or not, he has fun. Mm -hmm. And he also really takes joking really well. Like I, he and I have a really fun banter and we tease each other. And so, yeah, it's really fun. And so, and he has the same sense of humor that Eric and I do. And so I'll toss it back and forth with him a lot, but Ripley, sometimes she's okay with that kind of stuff. And then sometimes she's just not, and it's hard to predict when it's going to happen or not. But what happened? Riker said something like, Oh, we're doing so much better than mama. And I went, and he laughed and Ripley turned to me with like big watery eyes and said, don't say that. That's not nice. That hurt my feelings. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I know I, I, cause, cause I made fun of you guys like want, want, want. And she was like, yeah, you can't do that. So I was just comparing. Yeah. Riker's ability to take teasing versus Ripley's. And I wasn't even teasing her. I was teasing him. But um, yeah, I think it's that that F is very sensitive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to take to take things very personally, even if it's directed at someone else, she can be very sensitive to any sort of tension in the room or any someone putting someone else down will affect her just as much or almost as much as someone putting her down. Sweet, sensitive soul. Yeah, she really is. So I really just have to remember that there's a, a positive to her sensitivity too, and that it's it's important and it will lead her later in life, much as your authenticity now 
leads you. And we've talked about what great strengths it has brought to your campaigning and uh, remind myself that that sensitivity is a positive in her and not get too dragged down by the fact that I can't joke around with her. (laughs) (laughs) And you might be able to later, you know? Yeah, I think I definitely will be able to. It seems like you take jokes quite well, Em. Yeah, like, but maybe I didn't at her age, so. Right, right. And I didn't either, to be fair, so. (laughs) Yeah, I think I remember being very sensitive to, just being very sensitive in general. I was too. I I couldn't really, I couldn't take a joke at all. And I remember like my dad being like, can't you take a joke, you know, and then that would hurt my feelings even more. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I try not to do that to her. I try to say, oh, I understand how that hurt your feelings. I was just trying to be funny, but I understand that you felt like I was making fun of you or whatever. I'm trying to be empathetic to it. But good Lord, lighten up, child. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, send us your why do they do that moment, familypersonalitiespod at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the show notes if you had advice for our for our listener who emailed in or for M or I. It's familypersonalities.com slash podcast, and you can leave a comment right there on the website. And coming up, we are, I have an INTJ parent that I'm going to interview hopefully next week. So that should be coming out soon. I'm excited because it's our first T parent interview. We've really been focusing in on, yeah, we've really been focusing in on the feelers. So I want to give a little attention to the thinkers and she is someone who's actually really well-versed in Myers-Briggs too. So that should be fun. And then after that, we're going to go into N versus S, which is the intuition versus sensing preference pair and in parents. We've already done it in kids, but I want to go over it in parents. And so we can slowly finish working our way through all the preference pairs. In the meantime, do subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate, leave us a review and share us with your friends. That's how we spread the love. Our email is familypersonalitiespod at gmail.com. Instagram is familypersonalities. And the website is familypersonalities.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. That's it for our show this week. We would like to apologize to our children, our parents, our spouses, and anyone else we may have lovingly thrown under the bus this episode. Thank you for listening. And catch us next time on the Family Personalities Podcast. <laughs>